Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. Uh, last week we talked about Romans chapter number 12, verses 1 and 2. Let me read those, those amazing pieces of Scripture again to you one more time. It's just a reminder to each and every one of us what God expects from us. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what that is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Basically, you and I as believers are supposed to be different. We're not supposed to fit in this world. Some of you wonder, why don't I fit in at work? Why don't I fit in in certain situations? You're not supposed to. Okay? The, 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 the Christ in you is not meant to conform to this world. Amen? So we are challenged by Paul to no longer conform to the world, but be renewed by the Holy Spirit who renews our mind, by the Word of God that renews our mind, by, by, by allowing the Spirit of God to speak to us and speak through us. And, and again, when we do that, we set ourselves up for a great walk with Christ. So now we're continuing in verses 3 through 8, and we're looking at the subject, or after looking at the subject of the believer in God, which we did in Romans verses 1 and 2, now we look at how the believer needs to look at the subject of himself. We're going to talk about you today. We're not going to talk about your neighbor. We're going to talk about you, okay? And how you and I need to see what the exhortation of God is to us personally. God directs two very forceful charges to us in verses 3 through 8. They are, number one, to think, or, or, or first of all, to not think too highly of ourselves, Okay? Look, we're supposed to understand who we are in Christ. We're supposed to understand our authority. We're supposed to understand who we are as a child of God, but that should not lead us to pride. Amen? If anything, it should lead us to our knees to recognize who we are and who He is, okay? So we're warned not to think too highly of ourselves. And secondly, how to use, are we encouraged to use the gifts that God has given us? We're going to talk a little bit about spiritual gifts tonight. Now, is this an all-inclusive list? No. There's other places in Corinthians and Ephesians that talk about different gifts. I think we're going to focus in on about eight or nine of them today. But again, there are many gifts given by God to His people. Okay? And they're given with a purpose. The purpose is to edify and to build up and to encourage the church. And also... If you've been given a gift by God, and guess what? Every one of us have. Every one of us have, okay? Obviously, me and Mike weren't given much in the musical area, okay? But in other areas, we've been given gifts. The ministry of helps. Brother Mike, you're pretty good at that. Amen? The ministry of exhortation or leadership. I've been fairly decent at that, okay? In so many different areas, we all have something, we all have a role to play, okay? It's kind of like a football team. There's not one person who, who uh, you know, it takes one, it takes 22 people. It takes 11 people, 11 people on offense, 11 people on defense. You know, Friday night, Hayden had a fantastic game, but the team still lost, okay? He, he needs some help, okay? He needs some, some folks to step up their game because we want to win. How I many like to win? I like to win, okay? Nick, wouldn't we like to watch Burke win a little bit? Okay, we've, we've gotten spoiled the last couple of years, okay? We enjoy that winning stuff. Well, guess what? It's important that everybody plays to their ability. And you know what? If that's important on Fridays, it's important here at the church as well. Amen? We have to play the role that God wants us to play. We have to use the gifts and abilities that God has given us for His glory. So let's read about it. 
Romans. Romans chapter number 12, beginning with verse number 3, down through verse number 8. Paul says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to. By the way, the light's a lot better right here, so let me stay here. Okay? Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having been gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Our ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that extorteth on ex- exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. You see, guys, God has given every one of us some type of gift, and he wants us to use it for his glory. Amen? Let's pray today. Lord, we just come to you right now, and we just ask that you would... Uh, you would just remind us today that every one of us here have a part to play in your kingdom. God, some of our parts are a little bigger than others, but God, it's not about others, it's about us. And I pray today, Lord, that we would just open up our eyes and, and uh, Holy Spirit, you have permission to speak to our heart. God, let us do an inventory and make sure that we're using our gifts and our abilities. We're exercising our faith in such a way that would bring glory and honor unto your name. God, bless us tonight. Encourage us today, God, and let us take a good look in the mirror and make sure we're doing all that we can while we can for your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody would say, amen and amen. So the first thing we look at, we're going to talk a little bit about humility. Okay? As believers, we are to think of ourselves, but not too highly. Okay? The exhortation is directed to every man that is among you. Paul is talking to believers right now, okay? He's talking to church people. He's talking to folks that are followers of Christ, okay? And he's saying that as believers, we need to work on humility. We need to be humble. We cannot allow pride to take a place in our lives. There is a tendency within many people to think too highly of themselves. Too many become conceited, prideful, and arrogant. They become puffed up with their own importance, their own looks, their popularity, their ability, their performance, their wealth, their possessions, their opinions, their education, their title. There are too many who esteem themselves too highly and who think of themselves as better than others. God stands against such people. And the Bible says that, that God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Guys, that in itself should be enough for us to make sure pride doesn't go unchecked in our lives. Because you know what? You don't want God being against you. In fact, we saw a song a little while ago that God's fighting for you. Let me tell you, him fighting for you sure does beat him fighting against you. And when you become prideful, when you get puffed up, when you think too highly of yourself, all of a sudden the tables can turn and the same God who should be fighting for you may be resisting you. But the good news is, God gives grace to the humble. And guess what? It's a choice. It's a choice. We get to choose every day. Will we allow pride to rule or we allow, allow humility to rule? You know, if anybody could have walked this earth in pride, it would have been God's son, Jesus. Amen? Because, look, some of us, you ever met somebody that thinks they're perfect? Yeah, I met him. He was. 
guess what? He gives it to you, don't he? <laughs> the neighbor wanted to know who was talking. Hey, you know what? Just say I was talking to my master plumber. Hey, man, come on now. Hey, look, guys, no matter what your trade is, okay, no matter what your ability is, ask God for help. He knows everything, okay? I just thought that was kind of cool. I'm talking to my master plumber, okay? What's his license number? 777. Okay, I don't know. Infinity, eternity, whatever, okay? But again, guys, why should we walk humbly? Because everything we have has been given by God. Every ability, every talent, every blessing comes from above. It is God who has dealt to every man a measure of faith. The word faith in this context of verses means a working faith. It includes both the gifts and the abilities that God has given you and the faith to use those abilities. You see, guys, it's not enough to be given a gift. You have to exercise it. It's not enough to even be given faith. You must exercise it, okay? You must use what God has given you. I can't help but think about the story of the talents, okay? Again, um, uh, that story was told to encourage us to invest the things that God has given us. And how does the story go? The master had given away five talents, two talents, and one talent, okay? And then there was a day of reckoning that came, okay? The guy with five had doubled it to ten, right? He was blessed. He was honored, okay? The guy with two had doubled it to four. He was blessed and he was honored, okay? The one with one, what did he do? He hid it. He didn't invest it. He didn't use what was given him by God. And in fact, he was greatly chastised. He was greatly judged. Take it even a step further. It was taken from him and given to someone who would put it to good use. Why is that story in the Bible? Because God has given us abilities. God has given us blessings. And he wants us to use it to be a blessing to others. Amen? Use Brother Mike again. He's uh, he's a great plumber and and does wonderful things and, and many, many times goes above and beyond to help people that need some help. That's that's God honoring, right? And I know I know sometimes you're like, is anybody keeping note? Somebody is. Amen. Somebody is, okay? Don't you ever doubt God is the perfect accountant. He doesn't miss a thing. He doesn't make a mistake. Well, Whit, don't you wish we'd be more like that? Well, he don't make a mistake. He don't. Ma- he don't get checks out of order. Sorry about that. Okay. He don't do anything. He don't make no mistakes. He's perfect, but he's also the one who's called you and equipped you to do some things for him. But it's going to take faith. Very simply, a working faith is the ability to dr- and the drive within a person to get to it and to serve God, to make his contribution to life and society. Another way to say the same thing is this. The measure of faith and the proportion of faith mean the spiritual gift and the power which God gives to each believer for some special task. Very simply, everything a person is and has comes from God. Nothing comes from man himself. Therefore, no person has reason to think too highly of himself. Consider the Word of God, James 1 and 17. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from where? Not Walmart. Not Target. From above. And cometh from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow or turning. Every good gift, every blessing, every ability come from God. Note another fact as well. What we have received from God is only a measure. 
No person has a full measure of anything. No person is perfect in every area. We all age. We all deteriorate. We all decay. We all have to move aside eventually for others, no matter what our abilities and our contributions. So we have no reason to think too highly of ourselves. Because everything we have, every ability, every talent, every business deal you've ever been able to make, it's because of the grace of God upon your life. Amen? You're not that good. None of us are. Okay? I say it all the time, and, and sometimes you may think I'm joking. I'm really not. I'm not a good enough preacher to not have the anointing. Not good enough. I'm not a good enough pastor. I need God. Okay? Nobody we put on this platform can go without the anointing of God. We need God. Amen? And guys, the sooner we realize that, the sooner we can walk in the grace that God gives us and we can do some pretty significant things for Him. Because you know, the one thing I know about God is He'll share so many things with you, but He won't share His glory. He won't do that. He won't do that. You know, when I, when I first got my credentials some 20-something years ago as a young minister, I was sitting in front of a, an older minister, and he warned me about the three G's that have so tripped up so many ministers. The girls, the gold, and the glory. I've never forgotten that. Think about how those areas have so tripped up so many men of God. So many men in general, you know? You've got to stay pure. You've got to stay pure in, in so many areas. You can't touch. You know, so many times you make mistakes in, in different areas, and especially in this one area of the glory of God. You can't touch it, okay? It's all His. You know, just today I was praying for, for salvation of loved ones and, and for God to move in our church. And I was just reminding him one more time in prayer, God, that ain't something I can do. I can, we can plan a trunk or tree. We can plan an activity. We can plan a little fellowship. We can do that stuff. But if God don't show up, nothing significant will happen. But when God does show up, it changes everything. Amen. So let's not forget where all glory and honor deserves. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 7 says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Every one of you have been given something precious by God. Now let's use it for His glory. See, God gifts every person. Every person. Not just one person. Not just a few persons. Every one of us. Every one of you. Every one of your children have been gifted by God. Now sometimes it takes a little while to figure out that gift. Sometimes we put people in the wrong position, and because they're not able to exercise their gift properly, we're like, it doesn't work out. But there's a proper fit for every person in the kingdom of God. It's how God created it. Now it's up to us to find it. It's up to us to figure it out. But again, God loves to help. Ask Him for help. If you want to know where you can fit in the kingdom of God, ask God. Say, God, help me in this area. Show me what I need to do. You need more help? Come talk to me. I'll figure something out. Okay? But again, guys, every one of us have been given a gift by God. Let's use it. Amen? Finally, genuine believers are one body in Christ. This is the most beautiful picture of the body of Christ in Scripture. Because of its effectiveness, it's often used. You see this analogy or this example used also by Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, in Ephesians 1, 2, and 4, and also in Colossians. See, believers, you and I can be compared to the human body. The human body has many parts or members. No two members have the same function. So it is with believers. Believers are many, yet they are one body in Christ. Every single believer has a distinct function to fulfill in the world, yet he is a member of all other believers. 
believers. It should be noted that the believer's union is not organizational. It's not denominational. It's in Christ Jesus. It's the Spirit of Almighty God that links us together. Okay? And so, guys, we all have a part to play. So that's why the, the illustration of the church being like the human body is so applicable. We all have a part to play. And here's something else that's worth noting. The most important parts of your body are not the things we see. Okay? We see our noses. We see our eyes. We see our ears. We see the outside, right? But guess what? You can get by without some of that stuff. But it's the stuff that's behind the scenes you can't get by without. Okay? Guys, you can't survive 30 seconds without a heart. If your lungs go bad, you're going to heaven. Okay? If, if your liver goes bad, you're turning yellow and going to heaven. Okay? I, if the inside stuff goes bad, it's going to affect the body, and it's going to be detrimental to the body. That's why it's so important that we realize that whatever God's calling us to do, every bit of ministry is not done on a platform. Amen? You know what's the most effective part of Wednesday? It ain't probably anything going on right now. It went on at noon. It went on when we prayed. It went on when we took a hundred prayer requests and we called them out before God. That is behind-the-scenes stuff that makes a difference for the kingdom. And, guys, I just want to challenge you that, that we all have a part to play. Okay? It may be singing up here. If you can sing, my goodness, we need you. Okay? It may be doing something like that. It may be playing an instrument. I was walking across this platform just believing God for every instrument to be filled. Every area. I believe God can do that. And he's going to use people like you. Not me. You. (laughs) Okay? But whatever God's calling you to do, you have to do it. The point is clear. All members don't have the same office or the same function. God has set the believer in the world for a specific purpose. He's gifted every one of us in a different way for a specific purpose. And he's given you the measure of faith that you need to fulfill that purpose. Uh, As believers, our, our members are part of the whole body, with each member having his own task to perform. There's no room for self evaluation, elevation, pride, or arrogance. No room for thinking too highly of oneself. The believer does not stand alone in the world. He's part of the body. He's knit together as part of the body. Every single believer is important in the body of Christ. Every believer is needed to do his job so that the body functions properly. The point is this. We as believers are to evaluate and know ourselves well. We are then to know who we are and use the gifts which God has given us. We are to evaluate the measure of faith God has given us and then to be honest and accurate in our evaluation. We are not to over-evaluate nor under-evaluate. A believer's judgment about himself must be accurate and wise in order to accomplish everything God wants him to do. See, Only as we know ourselves accurately, honestly, and truthfully can we make the contribution we should to our families, our jobs, our church, and our world. Only as we serve to our full capacity can we fulfill whatever God-given task we've been given here on this earth. If we think too highly of ourselves, we attempt too much and we end up failing. But yet, if we think too little of ourselves, we never do as much as we could, nor make the contributions that we could have made. Both of these can be a problem. It's why we have to find balance. And the Holy Spirit loves to bring balance into your life. Let Him speak to you. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you. Again, ask God for help. In prayer, take 
and say, God, I know you put some things in my heart. How can I use that? How can I use my abilities? How can I use what you've gifted me in? How can I do more for your kingdom? Help me find balance. Paul said in Philippians chapter number 2, verses 3 and 4, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem his other better than himself. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. James 4 and 10, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. 1 Peter 5 and 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then finally, God's gifts. God gifts every believer with a certain measure of spiritual gifts. Therefore, the believer is to use whatever measure of faith he has been given to use his gifts for God. But we should always be praying for more faith. That's the one ingredient we always need more of. I love the prayer of the disciples in Luke 17 and 5. Lord, increase our faith. That's a prayer I pray all the time. That's a prayer you should pray all the time. Lord, increase my faith. What do you really pray? Lord, increase my capacity to be used by you. Amen? Because how does faith manifest itself? It manifests itself in actions. It manifests you having enough faith to ask somebody at Walmart, can I pray for you? Somebody begins to tell you about their day, darling, they're telling you how bad of a day they're having, and you just have enough faith to say, can we pray? Can we intercede? Can we touch heaven on your behalf? Guys, when we begin to have that kind of faith, miracles can become commonplace. Amen? So, guys, I just want to challenge you. Never stop praying for more faith. Now, let's read verses 6 through 8, and we're almost done. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, whether prophecy, let it prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that extorteth to exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Right here we have a list of some spiritual gifts, okay? We as believers are to use the gifts God has given us. The word gift means a very special ability given to a believer by God. Note that the gift is from God. It's not a natural talent. The believer could have attained uh, or could not have attained or secured the ability himself. It's a spiritual gift. It's given by God. Basically, you did nothing to deserve it, okay? I've got a birthday coming up in a couple weeks, and I'm going to get a gift or two, okay? Did I do anything to deserve it? Nope. I just let another day in the calendar pass, okay? We don't do anything to deserve gifts, okay? But isn't it good when we get them? Well, God loves us enough that he's given every one of us spiritual gifts. He's given every one of us, Rob, an ability to do something significant for him. And it's imperative that we open up our eyes to see what God has given us and then exercise the faith in such a way that we can do it. So let's get to these gifts. And we have, I think, eight of them that we're going to talk about real quickly. Seven of them. Okay. Again, this is not an all-inclusive list. These are just the ones that Paul chose to share in Romans 12. First gift he talks about is the gift of prophecy. By the way, if you're taking notes, there's other areas that talk about gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 and 13, Ephesians chapter number 4. But this is the grouping in Romans chapter number 12. First of all, there's the gift of prophecy. In the Old Testament, the gift of prophecy was the gift to proclaim and explain the will of God. 
The proclamation dealt with past, present, and future events. However, in the New Testament, the gift has changed a little bit. The prophet is seldom seen predicting the future, although he can, okay? Instead, he's seen proclaiming what has taken place in the Lord Jesus Christ and what has been revealed by Christ concerning future events. His function is to edify, exhort, and comfort. Scripture is very clear about this, 1 Corinthians 14 and 3. He that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation, or exhortation and comfort. The prophet is the man who proclaims and explains the Word of God, the living Word, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, the written Word, the Holy Scripture. Having said this, it should be noted that prophecy is the gift of speaking under inspiration of God's Holy Spirit. It therefore includes both prediction and proclamation, and neither one should be minimized despite the abuse of this gift. Guys, I would say there's no other gift that's been abused maybe more than this. But does it change the fact that God still uses people in this area? Absolutely not. You see, guys, I have I have met modern, are there modern-day prophets? Absolutely. It's a gift by God to the church, okay? And even though there's been some excesses, even though there's times where, thus say the Lord, and Mike, the Lord didn't have nothing to say about that, okay? It was basically, thus said that guy, okay? Now, by the way, in the Old Testament, that didn't happen very often. Because when prophets missed it in the Old Testament, what happened to them? They ceased to prophesy, okay? Because they were stoned, they were died, they were killed, okay? That doesn't happen anymore, okay? Kind of glad, okay? <laughs> Woo. I, I don't know if I'd say any words when I pray over people, Lord touch them, okay? <laughs> I don't want to risk it, okay? But here's the deal. Has, does God still use people as prophets? Absolutely. Look, we came from a church in Forest Hill where our pastor, Dr. David Remedios, operated in the gift of prophecy all the time. And there was that gift over that house. And Chantel and myself and so many other ministers have been used in this gift of prophecy under that covering so many, many times. But it's absolutely real. Even though there have been some excesses, here's what I've learned about prophecy. Without exception... I've never had a prophecy given to me that didn't act as a confirmation of something the Holy Spirit had already started in my life. Here's the deal, guys. If you're in an intimate walk with the Lord, He talks to you on a regular basis. Okay? Now, prophecy and these type of spiritual gifts can encourage you and can speak to your heart and can confirm some things that you know to be true. But if you're in a close, intimate walk with the Lord, you don't have to run all over town seeking a word. You just get on your knees and pray. You just open the Bible, and the words will become life to you. But every single time that there's been some prophecy over my life, it is simply act as a confirmation of something that I already knew. Again, I hope that helps you. Because, again, we've seen abuses in this gift. But it doesn't change the fact that God still uses the spirit of prophecy today. There is no question the gift to predict events has been abused to the point of the ridiculous. However, the abuse of a gift does not eliminate the gift. The Spirit of God does sometimes give believers a glimpse into coming events in order to prepare and strengthen them to face those events. However, the major function of prophecy is clearly stated by Scripture, and the fact should be learned by all believers. 1 Corinthians 14, 3. He that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. 
There are absolutely people that are prophets today, and we need them. We need them in the church, amen? And we need to pray that the Lord would use that in even a greater way in these last days. Secondly, there's the gift of ministry. The word is often used as a servant or a person who serves and ministers to others in most practical ways. Remember my definition of ministry? What is it? Finding a need and trying to meet it. Like you minister every day. Okay? Now, sometimes it's, it's, it's disguised as a, as a call. <laughs> hey, my, 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 my drain ain't draining. Okay? That's a need, right? And you go meet that need. And, and the way you do it is ministry is unto the Lord. Okay, oftentimes the meaning would be the very special ability to serve, minister, help, and assist others. To help them in such a way that they are built up and edified. It's the most practical of all gifts. Most of us know a few people who are always willing and who are unusually gifted to help others when help is needed most. All of us can help. All of us can develop our willingness and our ability to help. But there are some people who are specially gifted in this area. A couple of scriptures to consider. Matthew 10 and 42. And whosoever shall give to a drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of the disciple, verily I say unto him, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Why do we why do we tell that story? Why do we tell that scripture? Because nothing's insignificant. There's nothing insignificant in the kingdom of God. If you do stuff as unto God, it's significant for the kingdom. Amen. Galatians 6 and 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially them that are of the household of faith. Thirdly, there's the gift of teaching. Okay? Teaching is the ability to explain, root, and ground people in the truth. The Word of God not only needs to be proclaimed by the prophet, it must also be explained by the teacher. People must be guided and rooted in the truths of the Word day by day, week by week, year by year. This is the teacher's job. The church needs quality teachers, okay? Sister Garland has this gifts for many years. God used her in Sunday school to break down the Word of God, explain it in such a way. Sister Sarah has this gift. God used her for many years to explain it to children. Guys, that's a special gift, okay? you got to be a good teacher to be able to break it down for children where they can explain it. But again, guys, this is a gift that comes from God. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversity of tongues. Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 11, the fivefold ministry. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Look, guys, if God has called you to teach, by all means teach. Find an opportunity. Come talk to me about a small group. Uh, Start working with our kids. We have opportunity. Look, guys, World Rangers and Missionettes is really an opportunity to teach children the Word of God. If God has called you to teach, teach. The fourth thing, there's the gift of exhortation. Here comes the preachers. This is the very special ability to excite, motivate, advise, encourage, comfort, and warn people. The dominant factor would be the motivation and the encouragement of people, the ability to stir people to make a decision for Christ and to grow in Him. It is a gift that arouses people to get up and get busy doing what God has called them to do. Paul said this to young Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and 2, Preach the Word. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Guys, preach the Word. As I'm so reminded of that great quote by St. Francis of Assini, preach everywhere as you go, and if you must, use words. 
Let your life preach, guys. Let your life preach. Fifth gift, we're almost done. Is the gift of giving. The gift of giving. Wow, that's a gift. It is. This simply means the giving of one's earthly possessions, such as money, clothing, and food. Note that in listing this particular gift, Scripture adds a point. It tells how the person is to give. He is to give with simplicity. This word has several ideas. To give with insincerity, with in simplicity. To give with singleness of heart, without show. To give liberally and generously. The point is this. God gives some people the special gift to make money in order to have plenty to help others with it and spread the gospel around the world. Those kind of people must give and give generously. God has given you that gift so that you could bless the kingdom. Now do it. Your accept says all, all the time, God will get it to you if he can get it through you. Okay? Every, he also says, and, and here's the thing, Gary not only teaches it, he lives it. Okay? That's why I love him so much. When he do missions tours for me, you know where my first $1,000 commitment came from? Gary Sapp. Very first tour when we were raising money for missions, $1,000 commitment for Gary Sapp. Okay? I mean, so again, he not only talks about it, but he lives it. And that's why he's a blessed man. But again, I think God has given him that gift. He's given others that gift. I think of some people that I've known down through the years that were very blessed in business, and they gave so much to the kingdom. That's the gift of giving. Not hoarding. Not, 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 not worried about getting recognized. Not giving grudgingly, but giving cheerfully. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6 and 3, But when thou does us alms, let not the left hand know what the right hand is doing. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. God loves a what? Cheerful giver. There's also the gift of ruling. This means the ability of leadership, authority, administration, government. Note that this person is to lead with diligence, with haste, with zeal, with desire, with concentrated attention. You know, guys, I know I have this gift because when I'm not in charge, <laughs> Nick, it drives me crazy. Okay? You know, I, I'm so used to being in charge. Okay? Now, now, if there's somebody else with, with, with this gift, I don't mind following either. I don't mind following, but i got to follow a leader, okay? And, and there are some organizations I'm no longer a big part of because I can't follow a non-leader, okay? I can do it for a small season, but I can't do it long term. Why? Because, look, I remember one time somebody, I had a little run-in with somebody, believe it or not, imagine that. Okay? And and I was sharing that with a friend of mine. He said, no, you can't apologize for who God made you. God made you a leader. Okay? And look, guys, God's made you in some ways as well. I recognize that leadership is a gift of mine. Okay? Has it been something I've worked on? Sure. Okay? Is it something I can get better at? Absolutely. You can always get better. Okay? But it's a gift that God gave me. Just like the gift God has given many of you. You have to find out what it is and start using it for God's glory. So when it comes to leadership, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5 and 2 and 3, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. You know what one of my biggest challenges was when I was at the district office? Well, several challenges. Number one, I wasn't in charge. 
And number two, every Sunday, although we went to a fantastic church, they didn't let me preach. It was a great church, but they never let me preach. Why? Because I wasn't the pastor. Guess what? Y'all let me preach here because I'm the pastor. Okay? Do I let other people preach? Sometimes. And I probably need to do more of that. Okay? But again, it's a gift of leadership. It's really it's really hard to not walk in your gift when you've done it. And guys, I want to challenge you. Find your gift. Find what God has called you to. Alicia, find that special gift God has given you and start using it for God's glory. And you'll never regret it. And then finally, there's the gift of mercy. And again, this is not an all-inclusive list. This is the person who is full of forgiveness and compassion, pity and kindness. These are the counselors, okay? Look, guys, I can counsel, but you don't want to come to me for counseling. John, you ever need counseling? I'm not your guy, okay? I'll pray for you, I'll love on you, but I'm probably not your guy, okay? Because because I want to have mercy. I, I just, it doesn't come natural to me, okay? Now, I love you, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in your corner and everything, but these are, the, these are the, the counselors, people who can listen for hours on end about what's going on in people's life. That ain't me, okay? But it's some of you, and it's why God has brought you here. Because if everybody at this church was like me and Nick, we'd be a mess. Well, who? Chantel wouldn't want to come. My Chantel wouldn't want to come either. You wouldn't want to come either, okay? It'd be a mess, okay? But guess what? God has put us all together for a purpose, amen? And it's imperative that we find that purpose, and we walk in that purpose, and we use that gift and use that talent, use that ability, mingle it with the faith that has been given you to bring glory unto God. So I close with this simple question. What has God gifted you to do? What has God gifted you to do? Think about it for a second. What do you enjoy doing? Oftentimes, it's something you enjoy doing, okay? Sister Garland, you enjoy playing music, don't you? Look, you can tell, okay? You can tell. When you're operating in your gifting, it comes easy. It comes easy. Can't tell. You love caring for people. You love helping people. It's a gift. You You do it for free. Okay? That's nice when people pay you to do it, but you do it for free. You just love doing that, okay? So we could talk about each and every one of you. Don, you have an amazing ability to make some of the greatest sweets ever. Oh, you are making me a cake for my birthday. I just wanted to throw that in there, okay? Don't tell my health coach. Okay? But here's the deal. God's gifted you with that, okay? Now, have you learned some things from some rubbery? Yeah, because they can all cook, okay? But God's gifted you in that. God is, again, whatever you're called to do, whatever you do, do it as unto God. Ask God, God, what have you gifted me with? Is there something that I don't know about yet? Speak to me. Show me. Then get busy doing it. When he tells you what it is, get busy using it. Get busy doing that ability. Use the gift that God has given you. Exercise the measure of faith that you've been given to bring glory and honor to God. Amen? And guys, if you do that, you'll never regret it. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you that each and every one of us here tonight have been gifted with some ability, some talent, some amazing thing that... That God doesn't just come natural, it comes from you. 
And God, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight and help us, Lord God, to realize that you want us to use our talents and use our abilities for your glory. God, some of us, we think that that, that, that talent or that ability is insignificant. How can you use something as small as that? Well, Lord, that's a lie. That's not thinking enough of ourselves. That's not recognizing who you are and whose we are. And God, I just pray right now for those that are struggling to think I'm insignificant. I can't really bless the kingdom of God. Lord, let them stop believing the enemy's lie and use the measure of faith that has been given them to walk by faith and use their talent for your glory. And God, for the folks on the other extreme that sometimes struggle with pride, sometimes struggle with, with, with wanting to do it themselves, wanting to work it all out. Lord, help us to be humble. Help us to always get a clearer view of who we are. God, every morning when I look in the mirror, I get a reflection of who I really am. And God, I pray in a spiritual sense you would give every one of us a similar reflection. Let us look in the mirror and see who we really are. But God, I pray at the end of the day, we would use the faith that has been given us and the talents and the abilities that have been given us to bring glory and honor unto you. God, it's not about us. It's about you and it's about others. Help LCC Berwick live that out and make a difference in this community and in this world. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody would say, amen and amen.